The Accounting Matters Podcast lives up to its name. Every other week, we bring you a new episode where we cover vital accounting topics that actually matter to accounting professionals. Each episode, we introduce a new topic and then highlight and discuss the key areas. We're your hosts, Adam Olson and Zach Smith, and we hope you stick around for all things accounting from A to Z. Coming to you from the heart of Texas, this is Accounting Matters, the go-to podcast for accounting and finance professionals from your friends, Adam Bark. Thanks for joining us, y'all. I'm Nicole Harger, Embark's National Quality Managing Director. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the smartest guy in every room that I've ever been in, Adam Olson, Embark's Accounting Advisory Practice Leader. It's hard to believe, Adam, that it's that time of year again, where mm-hmm. many of us are not only wrapping up presents for loved ones, but also this fiscal year. But before our listeners put the big red bow on their closed books, I thought there is no time like the present to focus today's discussion on audit preparation and facilitation. I see what you did there. <laughs> yeah, you like it? <laughs> yes. Welcome back to the studio. I know. It's that time. We're already, it's December. And we're here. We made it through the year, I we guess. Um, Link and it's over. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I can't believe it's uh, it's December, end of year. Here we are. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking about the holidays, but if you're in the accounting and finance world, you're probably thinking about a lot of other things as yep. well. Um, and so as companies are beginning to think about closing their books for 2023, mm-hmm. they're also probably dreaming of a smooth audit process. But back in your public accounting days, what was the most common thing that kept clients from having an easy audit, as we used to say? We all love the easy, easy audits. And I would just say doesn't always mean it's the less complex like of an audit but there's a number of things that can definitely even make the most complex audits uh, a lot more smooth like you said and I do think and it's kind of obvious stuff right like it's clearly like how prepared you really Mm -hmm. are and trying to limit the number of surprises so getting ahead of the things you know you can get ahead of um that you can anticipate that you know that your auditors are going to need or be asking about um and to the to the extent you can have that stuff ready to go then it helps win and you know it's almost inevitable in every audit right something might pop up that was unexpected it's just kind of part of the process and um you know something i know we saw companies even the best of companies having to navigate you know unexpected things. And so the more time you can create to have capacity to handle those things, uh, because everything else is, you know, a little bit more ducks in a row, everything's kind of organized in a line, then I do think that that, you know, just creates a more seamless audit for sure. Yep. So you kind of hit on the the word preparation, or maybe the lack thereof. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit about why some companies may not be prepared. Like what are some of the situations that would um, put companies in a position where here, you know, here come the auditors and things are not kind of perfectly wrapped up in a nice big red bow. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times what we see is just capacity issues, yep. um, especially of accounting and finance teams. There's a lot of, you know, they have a, a day job. Um, they got things to do day to day. Um, and the audit is oftentimes just something additional that they're having to take on. Um, and, and deal with. So, you know, it's, it's just availability of those people yep. and maybe even just lack of people. Like maybe if you, you're a smaller company, 
particularly, and you have a very lean accounting group, um, or just, you know, a controller or something who's kind of the point person for everything, it can be create a lot of, uh, bottlenecks, yep. um, and a, and a lot of pressure on that individual or a small team of individuals. Yeah. I always remember, um, being pretty amazed, you know, when I was in audit talking with my clients, you know, mm-hmm. that they were able to pretty much take on a second full-time job having to deal with us and all of our questions and how needy we were. Probably didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. Or unfortunately, uh, is probably the, the case there. But yeah, I mean, it is, you know, it, it can create a lot of, of challenges. And, you know, a, another thing about just people, like if, you know, maybe it's, you've got people on the accounting or finance, maybe it's your first time going through the audit this, this year, right? Like it's your first annual audit you're going through at the end of the year. And so you may not even know like kind of what you need to do to be (laughs) prepared. And so like everything can be a surprise or if you're not familiar with the audit process or didn't have a background in in audit yourself. um, You know, I, I, I do think it's not just capacity, which is, you know, probably going to be, you know, relevant for any audit for accounting teams, but it's also just like awareness of like what you need to be doing. Yep. You know, and thinking about capacity or maybe the lack thereof, um, not having enough hands on deck, like maybe let's say on a regular basis you do, but maybe you went through a significant transaction in the current year, you know, you're having to rely on third parties as well, typically on, on significant transactions, you know, whether it's a change of control transaction or something like that, where you do need evaluation done. And so sometimes when you have the more people you have involved, um, you know, everyone's kind of got to make sure they're working on the same timeline. And sometimes, you know, it just things take longer because there's so many people involved. Yeah. And I will also say even, if the significant transactions didn't occur during the year, I, you know, I've, I've had, I've seen scenarios as well. Like you get through the end of the year, but then in Q1 of the following year, when your audit is going on, mm-hmm. typically, uh, you know, your business is still conducting business and maybe there's a transaction or something big that's then pulling that accounting finance leadership type team. And, you know, maybe there's demands again of outside the audit, outside of just the routine day-to-day accounting for those same group of people. And so there's just a lot of like different catalysts, I think that can create stress points in the audit process. Yep. So what about maybe lack of sufficient documentation? (laughs) Yeah. So I think tying back to preparedness, um, you know, I think what we tend or at least what I remember seeing is that something would be accounted for, um, you know, they've recorded it, they've done their thing, but then the analysis or support or how they kind of arrived at their conclusions was what was missing or what yeah. wasn't robust enough. Um, and so it, it is that lack of sufficient documentation and not having that ready to go for your auditors. I think the more you can, you know, best practice, right? Especially if you've got things that are occurring during the year is to try to like tackle those things as they happen and document those things and get those things taken care of. But I think in reality, especially for a lot of smaller uh, companies or companies with smaller teams, it's tends to what happens. They wait to the end of the year to like, then go <laughs> back and start backfilling all that mm-hmm. stuff that they should have been doing. So there's a rush to maybe complete accounting memos or policy, um, documentation or 
if there's analyses that need to be done or something along those lines that you know your auditor is going to be asking about. You know, I do see a lot of people scrambling at the end of the year or just right after the end of the year to get a lot of that put together. And, you know, sometimes it can be kind of hard to remember, like, what happened a little <laughs> bit, especially if it was much earlier in the year or why certain things were decided if you haven't really been kind of keeping up with uh, getting that documentation, you know, as, as pretty as you can and as auditable as you can. Yep. And so kind of on the topic of auditors, right? I think sometimes what came into play too was how well prepared the audit team was as well. Mm-hmm. Um, did we have a set team? You know, people, people leave, right? Um, do we have all of our PBC lists ready to give to the client? Um, you know, did the auditors, were they able to perform interim testing to kind of knock out some of that work, you know, to an earlier period versus kind of cramming everything in during, you know, the post year end audit season? Um, how responsive the auditors are, you know, what are the timelines? Are they setting realistic timelines in order to drive and lead the audit, but also kind of just get everything done? Um, you know, I do think it's really important, which sounds maybe counterintuitive a little bit, but like you need to have a good relationship with your auditors, kind of make sure everybody's collaborating, communicating well, kind of rowing in the same direction towards the same goal. Yeah, I think it's, you know, there are clients that do manage their auditors better than <laughs> others. Um, you know, some of some of that, especially as it relates to timeline or, or just kind of making sure things are getting done. But the client then also has to like, right, do their part, right? right? If yes. you're going to have expectations that you want to have, you know, your audit done by a certain timeline because implications of, you know, missing a deadline can, you know, cause a number of different issues and, and, you know, things that have to be taken into consideration. But you also have to do your part and make sure you've got stuff that's can ensure your auditors can get through things on a timely and efficient manner. Um, you're responsive enough to their questions. Um, you're providing thoughtful information, complete and accurate information. You've got your things organized. And again, it's just that preparedness, that documentation that's necessary um, to make sure that you know, you're, you're in a position to do that. Yep. Um, you know, I think another area where another reason why companies may not be prepared is you know, there could be changes in accounting standards or just very complex technical accounting challenges that maybe, um, you know, our clients haven't had time to think about or Mm -hmm. for one reason or another, right. They haven't been able to spend dedicated time kind of working through those. Um, so that's another area I think that could potentially drive, you know, our clients not being ready. Yeah. I mean, we just got through the big adoption of obviously revenue a few years ago, right? Um, 842. 842 just kind of wrapped for private companies. And then in 2023, kind of the last, I would say major kind of new accounting standard with the credit loss standard, yep. uh, kind of the final wave of reporting entities for that this year. So, um, yeah, definitely those, those can be other catalysts as well, right? Not necessarily things that are driven specifically by, you know, what the business is doing or transactions that they're entering into, but it, it just has to deal with the standard setters and, and changes in guidance. Um, you know, I, I would also say, you know, other things that I see adding pressure to a lot of companies during the audit, especially I would say the 
last year, maybe in the year, well, probably since COVID, I guess, <laughs> now that I think about it. We were so many years from that, but like just the uncertainty and just like the broader macroeconomic environment, there's okay. a number of factors. We've got like rising interest rates and inflation and all these other things that, you know, what historically may have been some routine type things that you might have to provide your auditors. And I'm talking about more like impairment analyses or going concern type yep. um, assessments and things of that nature that, you know, maybe would have been a little bit more kind of, I'll say boilerplate or just kind of, you know, you kind of dust off last year's, maybe do a light refresh. Um, I think what we're seeing is just a lot more scrutiny by auditors um, over kind of higher risk areas like that, just kind of given the the current economic environment that we're, we've been in for some time. Um, and I know we're kind of seeing glimmers of a, maybe turning a corner. It's hard to say. I feel like we, we say we are and then kind of pull back a little bit. But um, I do think there's just increased scrutiny to that we're seeing from from audit firms. Um, and I think audit firms as well are feeling a lot of pressure. Um, you know, there's been a lot of quality findings. Um, you know, we, we were just at a AICPA conference where we had PCAOB, uh, board members just talking about a lot of failures by audit firms and deficiencies and how audit firms are kind of, there's a spotlight on them right now, but not for a good reason. So I do yeah. think quality issues are starting to surface for a lot of audit firms. And so I think what you will see is audit firms putting that rigor and and kind of recalibration for their audit teams to basically be like, we need to be make sure we're being way more diligent. And so that could lead to a more uh, involved, um, rigorous, complex, detailed audit than maybe what companies have been used to the last several years. Yep. Another thing I think about is technology, mm -hmm. you know, um, implementation and integration. So let's say, actually, I have a, you know, a client that implemented a new billing system or a new financial reporting system, right? Um, and maybe it doesn't necessarily go as planned. And so trying to make sure that the, you know, our clients are um, working through and, and kind of through those challenges and making sure that, you know, data is complete and accurate and, yeah. um, you know, present it being, you know, they're going to be able to present reports, you know, for auditors to actually audit. Yeah. I mean, if you're changing major systems or have made changes to systems during the year, like two different types of sets of data that the audit, two different, probably processes and controls around, uh, each of those different, um, platforms or, you know, tools or whatever. So just, you know, and it, it's another catalyst there. Um, I will also say like, you know, what, what I've seen is maybe creating a little stress as well as like if a company changed its auditors during the year, yeah. uh, especially maybe if you went from a smaller or more regional audit firm and I don't want to use the word upgrade, but, um, you know, maybe for whatever reason you've now are going with a, a larger national or global audit firm. Uh, I think it's not really a surprise, but just the rigor of the audit kind of going yeah. back to that. There's just a, a, a different level of kind of expectation for what your auditors might consider reasonable yeah. and supportable versus maybe what you're used to. So just, 
being prepared for that and, and kind of just going back to your point is like having to build that relationship with that audit team and really kind of understanding their needs and requests and trying to get be proactive about, you know, maybe this is kind of what we've historically provided. And if it's not going to be sufficient <laughs> or we need to like uh, beef up or provide additional context or whatever the case may be, um, trying to get in front of that as soon as you can. Yep. And that even goes, you know, not necessarily going from a smaller, more regional firm to a, maybe a big four firm, but even, you know, we saw um, in big four when you're switching even between big four yeah. firms, people Just ask, different ways of yeah, approaches, ways they think of things. Different methodology, different approaches. Sometimes even like changing so. and the audit partner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Also even just, just within the same firm. Yep. yep. Um, and so I guess let's pivot a little bit to talk about why, you know, like why is it important for companies to be prepared for an audit? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one is right. M most companies that are probably getting an audit uh, have to do so for some type of regulatory or compliance reasons. So obviously, if you're a public uh, business entity, then you know, you've got to file uh, timely with the SEC yep. um, as a registrant. Uh, but then even for private companies, what tends to trigger an audit is is typically some type of financing or outside investor relationship where there is a condition of that you provide, you know, annual audited financial statements as part of certain covenants or agreements or whatever by a certain date. And so, um, you know, those are probably the the biggest reasons is that you know, you've got a deadline to meet here and, you know, there's expectations also of your audit committee or your board or, um, you know, your executive teams, and then obviously your investors and other stakeholders that you're going to provide this information and it's going to be available. Um, and they're going to use that information for their decision-making. Um, and so there's, there's pressure in that, in that regard to, to get that done. But then I would also say like, in relation to that is, you know, we talked about teams being stressed and like, so you've got the compliance piece of why you need to like make sure you have a smooth, timely, effective and efficient audit. But then, um, you know, kind of an intangible there is like, you, you know, your team's pulling double duty here doing yep. all this work and they're ready for the audit to be over and kind of get back to their normal routine and their, their normal day job and just trying to prevent burnout. So, you know, we've both been on audits that have dragged and, have missed deadlines for a number of different reasons. And, yep. um, you know, they're, they're painful and they're, mm -hmm. they're stressful. And, um, you know, so I think that, that really trying to stay as close to that timeline as you can is, is, is important. Yep. And so I think, you know, obviously what would come next is what, what can companies do to get prepared for their audit? You know, is it too late? It's, you know, end of year end, right? Is there, is there still time, I guess to say? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's always solutions out there for companies, um, to find. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of firms ourselves included that provide audit support and that's, you know, people that will help you, you know, your existing team on certain aspects of the audit, or maybe if you just need someone to work directly with the auditors and kind of take that entire lift, you know, there's a number of ways that you can, you can bring in outside help to help just facilitate all the demands and requests of the audit and, and the questions and having that, you know, 
it's a big project management exercise, right? Not just for the auditors, but also for the client. Yeah. Um, just between all the the information, the requests, the things going back and forth, the issues log, the whatever, you know, there's every, every audit's a little bit different, but um, there's a lot to manage there. And so if you're already seeing the writing on the wall, like, you know, you've got to get this audit done, you've got a deadline, you know, you, you don't think, you know, you going to your board or whoever to ask for an extension of your, of the audit, because you need, you know, we're going to have to go back to your lenders and talk to them about getting a waiver for maybe a debt covenant, because you're not going to meet the audit time. Like you already see that happening because you're, you're, you're missing the resources or there's just too much going on this year. Like, yeah, you definitely need to be look thinking about outside help to help prevent some of that. I mean, there's obviously an upfront cost to that, but like, I think the alternative is is probably a lot more problematic. Yep. Yeah, and so I know that we don't typically talk about Embark services that, you know, our firm provides on this podcast, but audit facilitation is obviously, I think you you mentioned, is something that, that we can do. And um, it's not just from a PMO perspective, right? Like we can prepare PBCs, but in addition to that, it's, it's writing technical memos, it's drafting financial statements and disclosures, um, you know, serving, you know, you talked about serving as PMO, kind of that first point of contact for the auditors we hire from big four. So we have all been there. We know what auditors are, are looking for. And mm-hmm. so um, we that is where we have found success in kind of helping our clients um, have smoother audits and kind of meet their deadlines. And yeah. And get through definitely that, one of our through that process. probably most popular services definitely this time of year is is that audit facilitation support which you know, it's a very broad kind of term and it can it can like i said involve a lot of different things like just very yep. pointed things where we we tend to assist um or really taking the entire audit process off you know the accounting and finance or management's hands as much as we can and, and really running with it independently with the auditors and helping um, you know, just again, the goal, timely audit with as few issues mm-hmm. or at least resolution to those issues as quickly as possible, um, so that everyone can, you know, get that audit opinion and, and, and kind of move on. Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for today's episode. You know, if you are one of our listeners and find yourself thinking, um, you may be one of these people that aren't quite prepared for their audits, don't hesitate to reach out to us, you know, on our, um, firm's website or our Adam and I's LinkedIn profile. So we'd be happy to connect. Yeah. Don't come out of the holidays high with the audit low. So definitely want to help you guys out and yeah, enjoy the conversation. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Accounting Matters. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.